Well, hello, church. Welcome to New Community Elkins Podcast. I'm Pastor Bobby Benavides, and I am excited to have you with us. I hope you can enjoy the message, may it encourage you, challenge you, and move you forward in your relationship with Jesus. Well, again, good morning, church. I'm excited to be here with you this morning as we continue our series of uh, sacred space. Sacred space. It's, um, you know, we got to recognize that when we are experiencing God, right? When we are walking into a relationship with Jesus, that there's a, a spot of sacred space that he appears in, that he reveals himself in, that he shows us his purpose. And last week we talked about the idea of being altered at the altar, right? What does it look like when we set up an altar and that he starts to remove the things that are have become our gods? He starts to take away the things that have hindered us from really experiencing a full relationship with him. And, and the things that we've allowed to infiltrate our spirit in our, in our soul and our mind to kind of keep us from really, truly experiencing his desire for who we are. And so today, though, we're going to continue and we're going to talk about a familiar story, a story that I think, you know, we, we've all heard about, right, with the, the conversion experience that, that occurs with Saul and Saul who becomes Paul and, and the whole idea of who Paul is as a, as a person who goes to create the church basically like jesus is is the person who says like look we're going to make the church this is the church is gonna be through me i am the one who makes it but but i'm gonna be putting this into people to go and make the church move throughout the world and paul is the one is one of the ones the pretty much the main one almost that that goes out and and starts many churches and writes the majority of the new testament and and his whole conversion process, the, the idea of who he was prior to becoming Paul, the church planter, the, the father of churches, the, the leader of leaders, the pastor of pastors, like, is incredible. So we're going to be talking about this because it's, it's so essential because there's a sacred moment that occurs for Paul um, and that we need to embrace, that we need to see as valuable to us. Right? And, and how it really works in our lives. So we're going to see this in a second. So let me go ahead and give a little bit of backstory. So we're going into the book of Acts. So if you want to grab your scripture, you can go ahead and go there. But it'll be, if you're watching it, it's going to be on the screen. If not, hey, you're going to be listening to it on the podcast and you're going to be hearing me see, seeing basically read the Bible for you. So that's how it works. Um, but in Acts, the church gets started, right? Jesus had left. Um, he had said, okay, look, it's your turn. Disciples, go to your work. And they start going through and converting and bringing about thousands upon thousands of people into the church. And they're meeting and they're gathering in little spaces. And, and, and they're in a place now where it's tension, right? There's a lot of tension in the city that they're in, in the cities that they're in. The, the government is kind of getting a little bit restless around the people who followed the way, as they would refer to it as. Uh, because now it's kind of creating a... Um, an upheaval in a sense for people to really be seeing that that wow there's a difference between just kind of going through the motions of believing in god to truly having a relationship with jesus that transforms us from the inside out that moves us into a place of love and compassion and mercy and peace and kindness and and what does it look like for us to really be caring for the widows and the orphans and to to basically flip the whole world upside down because now it's no longer about who has the most but really about caring for the least and and not lifting up and 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 celebrating the, those who are able to um, I guess 
have the power, but realizing that it's not about the power. It's about caring and and being selfless and being humble and and all that stuff. So all that stuff is happening in this moment. Well, the religious leaders are getting a little bit shaken up because now they're seeing that this whole way is shifting things that could create some tension in the Roman government along with the church leadership because the church leadership is able to keep doing their thing. The 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 Jewish synagogues or the temples, you know, they're able to meet together and do whatever they want to do as long as they're as long as they aren't causing any kind of ruckus, right? And if they're causing ruckus, if they're causing some turmoil, what can happen is the Roman government can come in and just basically take away all their power. And now that creates tension in their pockets and that creates tension in their life. And so now they're seeing people who are Jewish converting to Christianity and seeing that there's some shaking up happening and they're getting nervous. Because if they shake up too much, then the Roman government is not going to be excited about this, and that can create a lot of tension for the Jewish faith. And so they were kind of, well, what do we what do we do about this? Well, we have to get rid of them. Well, here comes Saul. Saul was a man who was respected in the Jewish faith. He was, uh, you know, he was very educated. He also had connections in the Roman uh, culture because that's kind of parental status. He was wealthier. People celebrated him. And so with that, though, he also gained some status and clout to go out and basically say, hey, I'm going to eradicate Christians. I'm going to do what I can to, to knock out people who follow the way. So now we go into Saul's story of conversion here because now we're going into Acts chapter 9 beginning of verse 1. And what we're going to see is this moment that really creates um, the movement that's going to happen that will bring about the church as we know it today. Uh, so let's jump in. Acts chapter 9, beginning of verse 1. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter this city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Let's pray together. Father, thank you again for this morning. Thank you, God, for this story, this, this interaction, this, this conversion that occurs, God. What, what, what really works in Saul at this moment, Father. And I pray, Lord, right now that we can be at a place of humility, a place that's open to your word, a place that's ready to hear what you have to teach us, a place that has us um, ready to, to be moved for you, God. May this be seen as a sacred time, as a sacred space for us, Lord, as right there on the road to Damascus, Lord God, there is a sacred moment, a sacred space that occurs. So, Father, move in this time. Teach us in this time. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
So have you ever had a, a moment where you're you're headed somewhere and you know you have this thing in mind like this is what you're going to do and then all of a sudden just something changes right where it's like you're you're either going to go and you're going to go confront somebody you're going to go talk to somebody you're going to go um, I don't know maybe you're just like so upset about a, a situation but then you have to just kind of step back and then you you realize okay maybe I shouldn't be this upset and then but you you still have to go right and talk about it, but you're not as upset because you've taken some time to, to rest a little bit or relax a little bit. You see, there's, there's moments in our lives where we have like we're, we, we have a goal in mind and we are gonna prove something, we're gonna set something right, we're gonna, we're gonna do whatever, right? But then in that moment, when we do those things, like if we, if we take a step back, we start to realize maybe this isn't the right thing to do, right? Maybe there's something that's, that we have to uh, reflect on ourselves. Maybe we have to sit back and breathe a little bit. And and before we go and 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 have this conversation, maybe we have to take a breather. Maybe there's things that we experience in life too, like we realize what kind of audience around is around us, and so we're about to say something, and then we see like little eyes or little ears are here, and we have to kind of hold back a little bit because we don't want them to hear too much, or we don't want them to experience maybe a darker side of us, you know what I'm saying? I have now four kids and now I have to constantly think, if I say this, what's gonna be repeated, right? And that's honest moment, right? That's what happens, right? This is something that happens. But I think in this moment, what we're seeing is something kind of similar, right? I can, I can only say it's kind of similar because I've never been blinded by a light from heaven before, but I have had eye-opening situations, things that are like aha moments that have said like, oh, like I really am making a poor choice here. You see, and so I have to step back and then before I go ahead and jump into something, I got to slow down and, and see what I've been, or maybe I've been doing something wrong, right? See, in this moment, in this sacred space time, I think that what we're seeing here is Paul having, or Saul at the time, having a moment of aha. <laughs> you see, because what we see is that Saul was still aiming to destroy Christianity. He was aiming to knock out people of the way. He did not want anybody to be worshiping Jesus. He did not want anybody to be causing any kind of turmoil and, and flipping things upside down. Because again, he was a person of power. He was a person of authority. And if he were to lose that power and authority because of whatever's going on with the, with the people following the way, then that could hurt him. So he's going to be a part of the process. Of like I'm, I'm knocking this out. I don't want people flipping over um, my way of living and, and my understanding of God. This is totally not how it's supposed to work out. So he's planning on destroying Christianity. He wants to end it before it can really gain any more momentum. And so Jesus shows up on the road, the road to Damascus. And in this moment, his steps are altered. And that's what happens when we enter into a sacred space. Our steps will be altered. You see, we are going to be shifted and we are going to be rethinking what we're supposed to be doing. And, and it's really incredible how Jesus moves because we start to realize that maybe our steps are not our own anymore. We start to see that maybe where we're stepping and why we're stepping has a whole different meaning than what we thought in the beginning. You see, I, I share this often, but um, maybe I think I've shared this often anyway, but, um, maybe more than I think I've shared it. But prior to become a pastor, like I was actually going to go to school to become a doctor. That's what I wanted to be. 
I actually, well, I wanted to be a lot of things. Of course, everybody has a lot of things they want to do when they grow up, right? I wanted to be a comedian. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a doctor. Um, and so I actually was going to go to be a doctor. I, I was going to go to Long Beach State, and I was going to become a, a pediatrician. That was my goal. I wanted to do that. Well... Then I started doing some ministry stuff after I became a follower of Christ. I became a follower of Christ when I was a junior in high school. I started doing some middle school ministry stuff, and, and I really enjoyed it, and, and the kids seemed to like me for some reason. And I had some people say, like, wow, you should really consider going into ministry. Now, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Why would I do that? I don't want to be a pastor. I want to be a doctor because the doctors make money. That's what I want to do. That was That's where my mind was. I want to go ahead and do what I want to do. Well, as time went on, I had other people tell me, and after I had three, four, five people, and then some kids kind of say, like, maybe you need to be thinking about this, I was like, all right, maybe I need to consider it. So I stepped away from going to Long Beach State, and I went to a little junior college in my hometown, and when I went there, I found myself hating science. Hating science. I love science. Hating it. I was never really good at math, so it kind of was even stronger when I was there, going like, yeah, I really don't like doing math either. I'm not very good at this. Um... And then I found myself loving religion and learning about world religions. And I found myself loving doing the public speaking stuff. And I loved, my, I loved that time. And I was like, this is weird. This is not who I ever thought I was going to be. Well, fast forward 20 plus years later, and I've been doing ministry since basically I was 17 years old, right? Um, and that's crazy to me. And it's probably crazy to a lot of people who knew me, too, to think about the fact that I'm a pastor and I've been doing it for this, this many years. But the reality of it is, is that I had steps in mind. I knew what I wanted to do. But then when I came into contact with Christ, my, step, my steps shifted. But what's crazy about it is, just like what Saul happened with Saul and what may happen with all of us, is that when you come into contact with Jesus, is that just because... You know, maybe this is a direction that Paul was going, Saul was going. Do you notice that Jesus didn't say, now go somewhere else? He said, no, keep going forward into the city that you were planning on going. Keep going. Don't don't drop out of college. Don't drop out of the, like, just keep going. Like, like I heard him say, don't drop out. Keep going. But realize that your steps are going to be for a different purpose now. You see, for Saul, his steps were going to be for a different purpose. God was calling him. Jesus was saying, go into the city. Keep going into the city. But remember, the reason why you were going was to kill Christians, was to eradicate Christianity, was to take out men and women who were following the way. But now you're actually going to join the way. You're actually going to be a part of the process. You're actually going to be a bigger part of the process than you ever thought you were ever going to be, Saul. You are actually going to be the one that writes the majority of the New Testament that people are going to be reading today. You are going to be the one who starts planting churches that, that end up growing and expanding and moving to a place where now we have the churches that we gather in today because of the work that Paul did. You see, this is the piece of the sacred space that we have to realize is that our steps are going to be altered, but our steps may be continue to move forward, but just for different purposes. You may still be called to be a doctor, but maybe different different motives, right? In the beginning, when you were called to be a doctor, you're thinking, "Man, I'm I'm going to make some money, right? I'm going to I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do this." But now, 
God's like, yeah, you're called to be a doctor, but guess what? You're going to go to Africa and you're going to work in the in the medical field and you're not going to make a bunch of money there, but you are going to be helping to save lives and help to eradicate certain diseases. And you are going to help to, to love orphans and widows and those who are in poverty. And that's going to be what you do. Maybe you're called to be a lawyer and you know what? Lawyers make money. That's what I do. Well, maybe God's like, yeah, that's great. But you know what? I've also known some lawyers I have personally known some lawyers who have said, I'm called to be a lawyer, but I'm going to be doing law pro bono. Like if I can make some money, great, but but I'm not going to be doing it to make money all the time. I'm actually going to be doing it to help people who can't afford to have a lawyer who should have good quality legal care. So they're working in urban communities and places of poverty and helping people who need um, good representation and they're serving in that capacity you see their their steps weren't completely shifted to go in a different direction i mean my my steps were but at the same time i'll explain why i don't think they were shifted too much in a second but for for them the, so for so many people is that your steps are meant to keep going into the direction that that he's called you to go but realize that your motives are going to be shifted when you walk into a sacred space with Jesus. You see, your motives are going to now be shifted to Jesus' motives, what he calls you to do, what he desires of you to do. And that is the wonderful thing that we have with our creator, is that he doesn't just say, hey guys, I'm going to go ahead and blow everything up about you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work in you, and I'm going to change the things that are maybe creating some tension with who I am, but ultimately I'm going to use that for my glory. You see, Paul's authority didn't shift. His, his wisdom didn't shift. His knowledge didn't change. He was still a, a, a great educated man. And he still had people who supported him and encouraged him. And he still had a way to be able to move into different parts of society and, and love people. And he even said the words that to the Jew, I became a Jew. To the Gentile, I became a Gentile. To all things, I, to all men, I become like, I become like all men in order so some may be saved. He said those words. And the reality of it is that that's, that's how he was able to do it. Because not, that part of him didn't change. The part of him that changed was the anger and hatred he had towards Christians. The part of him that shifted was his understanding about the glory of Jesus Christ, the glory of God, the, the relationship of being connected with Jesus as his savior. That's what shifted. And then when he walked into that, all of a sudden, his reason for going into Damascus was not about destroying Christianity, but actually growing Christianity, moving the faith forward and shining light into the darkness. You see, that bright light that made him suddenly go blind, right, was actually what ended up shining through him as he kept moving forward and glorifying God for his purpose. You see, for some of us right now, you might be saying, God, okay, what am I supposed to be doing? And he's like, just keep going forward. But what are your motives? Right? What are your motives? That's what he's asking. He's not. It's not about what. Like, are you? Well, should you be doing this or should you not be doing this? He's like, look, do what you're going to do because this is what you feel called to do, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna be with you in that. But the reality of it is, is what are your motives behind what you're trying to do? 
Are your motives to glorify me in everything that you do? Because that's in scripture too. In all things, in all things you do, glorify God, right? In all things, do it for the glory of Christ. That's what it's about. So if you're going to do it for the glory of me, then awesome, just step into it. But if your motives are still for you and for your desire and for your will to be done, that's when the shift has to occur and maybe a bright light has to come upon you to where maybe someone has to guide you and point you in the right direction. And what does that look like, right? Let's talk about that. What does that look like? Because at the end of this, we, we see, right, that, that the bright light was so, so bright that he couldn't see. And we'll go back to it real quick at the end of um, the beginning, at the end of, uh, let's see, verse 8 there. It says, Saul rose from the ground and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without, without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now, for us, <laughs> for us, what is this bright light that occurs? What is this thing that maybe we can't see? Possibly it's our pride. Possibly it's our fear. Possibly we, we don't see that we actually have an ability to create anything or do anything for the glory of God. And so we can have our eyes open to what God has in, around us and what things we can see, like, have in store. But, but maybe, just maybe, we need other people around us to help kind of walk with us onto the path in order for the time to be clear, for, for our sight to be made clear. Because for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank, right? He had to he had to sit there and fast and he had to he had to be but he had people around him praying with him, encouraging him, challenging him, and he was in that moment. And this is where our community comes in. Because now if you're trying to figure out what way you're supposed to go, what what how many steps are you supposed to be taking, what are you supposed to be doing when you enter into that city? Maybe you need a group of people around you who are holding you up and walking with you toward that process, through the process. So that way maybe you can experience something deeper and more profound from that sacred moment with Jesus. And realize that your steps, again, are not your own. Your steps are not for you. Your steps are for God. When you come into a relationship with Jesus, now everything shifts for you. Everything's not going to be great because I don't know about you, but looking at Saul's story, I don't know. I, I don't want, I wouldn't want to be blinded and not be able to see for that long, right? I, I wouldn't. I, I, it'd be difficult because I love looking around. I love seeing different things. I love that. But just imagine what could happen in that moment. Right? In that moment, Jesus is saying, I am, I am revealing to you what it's like to step into something and trusting me with your purpose. Trusting me with your steps. Trusting me with your calling. Because when you see, when you think you got it, you're going to keep moving the way you want to move. But maybe you got to be blinded a little bit. Maybe you have to be needing other people to point you in the right way. I don't know. I mean, but when I see this, this is what I this is what I gather in this moment is that in the sacred space moment of being with Jesus that he's saying, "I want to guide your steps. I want to guide why you're going into that place." 
And maybe you're trying to make a decision today. Maybe you're in that moment where you're trying to make a decision today. Which direction am I supposed to go? And I want to talk about something here because in this moment, this is big. You see, when I was in college, I had a professor, um, uh, Dr. Frankie was his name, and, and um, it, he always says, call me Danny, but I still call him Dr. Frankie because that's what I do. But he would say that, look, the whole idea of one door opens, another one closes, he's like, look, a door might close, or one door closes, another one opens. I said that backwards. If he's, but he might actually say, like, look, a door might close, but 15 might open. Just step through one of them and trust that God is the one leading you through that as long as your motives are for him. If you're doing it again for your glory, then don't step through that door because that's not how it should be. When you step through a door, know that God's going to meet you on the other side and, and, tr and make sure that you're doing it for the right motives, that you're doing it for his glory, not your own. And when he said those words to me, it like, boom, it, it opened up something in me to say, I can step where I need to step as long as I'm respecting the sacred. Right? As long as I'm respecting that sacred space that, I, that I'm, I'm supposed to be in at all times, glorifying my creator in everything that I do. So I'm going to step through that door and I'm going to trust that God is there because I'm hoping and I'm believing that my motives are for him and not myself. So, so in this time, when you're trying to make a decision of which way to go, realize that God isn't saying change your direction. He's saying choose, but just Realize that your motives have to be for me. Keep walking forward. Walk through. Go into wherever you're going. And if you start feeling like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this, well, seek God on that. But maybe if you're saying, oh, I don't know if I should be doing this, I don't know if I should be doing this, look for your friends who you need to have walking alongside of you and walking through the process with you and help them join in the sacred moment with you. Because a sacred space moment is where we can be praying with each other, lifting each other up, fasting with each other if we need to, making sure that we're walking in the direction together for the purpose and for the glory of God. Now, I'm going to go back to my story, see, because I said that, well, my steps may not have been shifted completely. Because now, if you go back, I, I said, when I was in elementary school, early middle school, I really wanted to be a comedian. I did. I loved it. I loved making people laugh. And a lot of times it's just because I was trying to deflect my pain. <laughs> Council moment, right? But that's that's just what I was doing. And so I was a class clown. That's what I did. But then in middle school, I started saying, man, I, I would love to be a lawyer. I love arguing. I, lo I love debating. I love doing that. So that'd be kind of fun. I want to be a lawyer. And then I went to um, high school and um, I wa went to a uh, I can't remember. I wanted. I can't remember the name of the place, but it was a children's hospital, and I saw children with cancer and and being treated, and that's where my heart broke. And I was like, I got. I want to be a part of this healing process. I want to be part of this process with these kids. Well, obviously, that never came to be because now I'm a pastor. Well, then, recently, recently, meaning like past like ten years, I started really reflecting heavily on what does that look like for me now. You see, I love making people laugh and. When I'm a pastor, I like speaking, obviously, right? I've been going now for a long time. I like to speak in front of people. I like to make people laugh. I like to say things in my sermons on occasion to make people laugh. I, I do that. So that comedian piece was there. The legal piece, right? I was always wanting to debate and argue, but I was also trying to be like, you know, I just want to ruffle feathers. Well, now as a pastor, I get to kind of 
talk about scripture and, and why it's true, why Jesus is true for me and why Jesus can be true for you and why a relationship with God is so important and why living a life that's glorifying God is so valuable. So I get to argue that in a sense and I get to challenge people in that and I get to sometimes ruffle some feathers, which is sometimes fun to do, I'll be honest. And so there's that, right? And then the doctor piece, I was able to, I was wanting to heal people and I was wanting to be a part of that. Well, now I'm actually doing a spiritual peace in that while I'm pointing people to the ultimate healer in Jesus. So like all that stuff comes together. My my steps were never shifted completely, but the motive was. The desire was shifted. Now everything came together for me because this is what God ultimately had in store for my life from the very beginning. I was being selfish and all those other things. And now here he is saying, You're, my motive is for him. I'm not saying I'm not selfish anymore because there are selfish moments. But I will say that I strive to have my motives shifted for God's and for God's glory. And so when that is occurring and when that happens, my sacred moment with God has brought me to this place of being able to pastor you to be able to speak these words of truth into your life to be a part of this process and that's amazing to me but what is he calling you to do because just think about it imagine what could happen when you actually say okay jesus i want you to be my motive what should i be doing i'm staying in my workplace i'm not going to be shifting that but what should i be doing differently in this place to glorify you i'm not going to shift my family i'm not shifting myself my family but what am i supposed to be doing in my family to glorify you what am i doing in my community to glorify you because i'm called here for this for your purpose not my own so now what do i do and maybe in this moment in this sacred space time He's going to shine a light that may blind you, but and you need friends to gather around you. Or he may just bring you straight into the moment and say, this is who you're supposed to be. This is what I've longed for you to be. This is what I've called you to be. Jump into it. Step through it. Step into it. Do what you have to do, but may your steps be altered for my glory and no longer be steps for yours. Because your steps will be altered when you walk into a sacred space with Jesus. That, that, my brothers and sisters, that is what is amazing to me and should be amazing to you in your relationship with Jesus. Because now it's no longer about you, but about him. But now he empowers you and gives you the strength to go forward for his glory that can transform the world. Because Saul became Paul, who planted the churches, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, who gives us what we have today. Praise God for this conversion moment on Damascus. And praise God for what he's going to do for you in the moment that you say, I want to walk for you. That is when change occurs. That is when the shifting happens. And that is when the most sacred moment in your life is experienced. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time that you had with Saul on the road to Damascus. Thank you for the shifting that occurs in his life, for that sacred moment that he's able to experience his Lord Jesus, who ended up saying, 
Go to Damascus and you will find out what you're going to do. And oh, did we find out what he was going to do in the church that we have today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for all of that. Because God, you move. You move us in the sacred moments. Thank you. Father, maybe there's some who are listening to this now who have always wondered whether or not you you want where you want them to step and what you want them to do and whether or not they have something to offer for you God maybe in this moment they are hearing for the first time or for maybe the 50th time but Lord this is just something they needed to hear God that you have a place for them and you have a calling for them and you have a purpose for them and you have a role for them to play in your kingdom they they just need to step into it father and if that's them I pray now God that you continue to push them move them and father may we be a church that surrounds them that we could be a church that if they need someone to lift them up, to be praying with them through the process, God, I pray, Lord, that we can be a church that does that. I pray, Father, we can be a people that rise up to the occasion and step into the steps that you call us to step into. Or lead us, shine through us, move us, give us our sacred moments to remind us of who we are living for. It's in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the New Community Elkins podcast. Um, again, I am Pastor Bobby Benavides, and I really appreciate you joining us. I hope the message was encouraging. I hope it challenged you in your journey with Jesus and moves you to a deeper relationship with your Creator. Have a great week.